0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good day, good whatever it is when you're listening to this, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jordan McLean, and I am here to let you know that the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Before we get things kicked off, I wanted to start this episode by saying thank you to everybody who has listened to the first three episodes Of this podcast, Uh, everybody who has given me love and given me feedback, giving me critiques on this podcast, it really, really, really means the world to me that you all have received this podcast as you have. I've already made some uh, new amazing friends. I've found some new amazing wrestlers to follow, and uh, some of them have decided that they wanted to follow me back and watch my journey as well. I appreciate all of that love. Before we get off into the show again, let's get this out of the way. Social media. You can follow me on social media at the Jordan Terrell on Instagram, at Mr. Jordan Terrell on Twitter. You can also uh, subscribe to the podcast, man, wherever you're listening to it. I'm on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just about any other platform that you can think of. You'll more than likely find this podcast. All you got to do is type in the Jordan Terrell Podcast Network. That's all you got to type in. And then hit subscribe so that way you do not miss any episodes of this podcast or any other projects that I got coming in the future. Once again, thank you guys so much. For uh, enjoying this podcast and showing me love and showing me all the feedback that you have given me I got a really good show for you guys today We're going to be talking about MLW Fusion, the restart for MLW I'm going to be talking to you about Southern Violence and Wrestling, The Evil Dead You can find that on Fight TV And I'm taking a little trip down memory lane, man I'm going to talk about a, uh, a match that's near and dear to my heart Because I filmed it, I edited it, and I was there To watch it live and see something pretty spectacular So make sure y'all stay tuned I also have a a pretty solid candidate for the brass ring this week I think y'all are going to agree with me with, uh, with the person that I picked for that So be sure to stick around, follow me on social media, subscribe to the podcast Let's get the thing kicked off with MLW Fusion So we're kicking things off with MLW Fusion, the restart. I've been really, really excited for this. MLW has done a fantastic job of hyping up uh, the restart with all the new signings, all the returning signings. They've got a lot of good talent, not just in this episode, but in the coming episode. So I'm really excited to get into this. It's It was not uh, a a very large episode it was only an hour but it was only three matches all three of those matches were good all three of those matches told a great story and they were all title matches so I think that they they done well with what they had um new setup new logo updated logo I should say um and I think that they done really well with what they had the first match is Alex Hammerstone taking on Jason Dugan, maybe Duggan Like Hacksaw Jim Duggan? I'm not totally sure. Uh, Alex Hammerstone picks up a very quick win, only 20 seconds. And after the match, Hammerstone ends up calling out Fatu. They have been uh, before everything, BC, before COVID uh Alex and Fatu were kind of feuding Ale- with uh Alex Hammerstone being the National Openweight Champion, Fatu being the MLW Heavyweight Champion. Uh they've been kind of feuding like I said Fatu uh being called out by Hammerstone. I think that this match done a great job of resolidifying Hammerstone's presence, uh resolidifying his strength and I think that his post-match promo where he called out Fatu was very concise and definitive. He said what the hell he wanted. We know what the hell he wants. We we kind of see where they're going later in the show, which I'll talk about. Um, but overall, solid match for only twenty seconds. It told a great story. It's very very solid match. Match number two. We got Brian Pillman Jr. taking on Myron Reed for the MLW Middleweight Championship. Myron Reed comes into this as your champion. Right off the bat, Myron Reed has some fantastic charisma. He is extremely charismatic. And of course, in this business, you have to have uh, a certain level of charisma. But I would, I would argue that Myron Reed, his charisma is above and beyond a lot of his peers. I think that you can put him in just about any situation and his charisma will get him over. I really, really, really love his charisma. Um, another note that I have for this match. MOW does a great job. With their actual matchups. You know. Um, before this episode. When they were just teasing the restart. We kept getting these. Um, uh, what would you call them? I, I don't really know what you would call them. But we kept getting these graphics. For lack of a better term. Of each and every. Uh, performer on the MLW roster and there was a breakdown of where they're from, what their style is, uh, uh, who they're beefing with and all this other kind of stuff. What their goals are in MLW, I believe, was um, a part of it. And MLW did a great job, I think, of putting together Pillman, who is considered to be a technical wrestler, versus Reed, who is considered to be a high-flying wrestler wrestler and I think that by by them pushing that it forced the wrestlers to kind of tell that story in the ring. You know, Brian Pillman was a lot more technical than I've seen him be. Um and Reed was a high flyer. So I think that it it's a great thing that MLW makes sure that the matches And of course that falls on the wrestlers too, especially wrestlers of this caliber who can, I'm sure, put together their own matches. Um, They all do a great job of executing what they're supposed to execute, if that makes sense. Um, There was some very smart storytelling during this match with Pillman attacking Reed's chest. Myron Reed had a chest injury and started wearing a, a tactical vest. Which he then ended up using uh, a la Cowboy Bob Orton. <laughs> How Bob Orton used to use the, uh, the, the cast on his arm. Myron Reed has been using that chest protector. So there was some great storytelling with that. Even with Myron Reed taking the chest protector off. You know and, and, and proclaiming this is what Pillman wants. You know and ultimately Myron Reed gets the win. Due to the chest protector, they didn't really call it out on uh, on commentary. But if you pay close attention, Myron Reed picked up the uh, chest protector and put it into the corner when Pillman was coming uh, in for the double knees. Myron Reed gets the win. He remains the middleweight champion. Very fantastic match. Um, you could argue out of the three matches that this is match of the show and uh you would not get that much of an argument out of me cuz there was some great storytelling there was some great solid action i think both men were able to get their uh g- get their shit off so to speak now after the match this is what i was really excited about post match myron reed and uh jordan oliver are doing a promo and myron reed straight up calls out leo rush for some reason some of y'all may not know who Leo Rush is. Type in Leo Rush WWE. You actually you you can just type in Leo Rush into YouTube and probably click on any match. You'll be blown away. Leo Rush is absolutely fantastic, and I'm super super excited that he is in MLW. And I'm also super excited that his first feud seemingly is going to be against Myron Reed. Hopefully for the middleweight championship because that few we're gonna get some five star matches out of those two. I just know we are. I don't know that they've uh faced each other before, maybe they have and I just don't know it. But it's definitely a dream matchup for me, I would say. You know, because uh with with their quickness, they're both definitely considered high flying. They're both considered cruiserweight. So with their quickness, but also with their their different presentations i think that we're going to get some great storytelling i think that we're going to get some fantastic five-star matches out of these two i cannot wait now our final match we got jacob fatu the mlw world heavyweight champion coming in versus davey boy smith jr jacob fatu is going to pick up the win here um this was a big fight feel and I love that they built it up enough to be a big fight feel. They did that with the cold open in the beginning of the show. It was definitely. It definitely felt Godzilla versus King Kong. You know what I mean? It definitely felt like two monsters were uh were in this thing. Just two monsters fighting in New York and and, and just about to tear everywhere up. Uh, that's exactly what this felt like. I also love that on a commentary, they told the story of the lineage of these two. You know, Jacob Fatu coming from that infamous, that famous, that ever-branching uh, Fatu, Anawaii, Samoan family, Davy Boy Smith Jr., obviously the son of Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog. So he has that heart family connection. Um, and I love that they told the story of their lineage. It made this match feel that much more important because this is, when you think about it, th- think about something like that. You got the Hart family versus the Anawaii family. That feels like a match that you would only get in WWE. That seems like that's the only place that match would work, but it worked perfectly here in MLW and uh I much respect the commentary for putting that over. Both of these men had some crazy highlights Davy Boy Smith showed some crazy strength. He did a stalling suplex on Jacob Fatu that I thought was crazy to see because, you know, I, I tend to say it about somebody every single week, y'all. Jacob Fatu is not no small man. So to be able to pick him up and, and hold him for a stalling suplex, crazy, crazy strength. Uh, Jacob Fatu ended this match with his springboard moonsault. And I got to say, that is... Jacob Fatu's moonsault is probably the most incredible move that I see on the indies from a big man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I listen. I said it with renegade enforcer. I believe episode two, I said with renegade enforcer, I like seeing big motherfuckers do big motherfucking shit. But Jacob Fatu's moonsault is so clean and it's so precise and he does it with such ease that you can't help but me, but but be amazed when you're seeing it, and that was the move that ended the match. Again, it's it's such a simple move. Like so many people do, moon salts now, that you would think that it's kind of like the DDT. How Jake Roberts never lost with the DDT, or you know, if it, it was his finisher. Um, so you would think that such a simple move like a moonsault would not be a finisher, but I think it's. Extremely effective with Jacob Fatu, given his size, given his speed and given his agility, all that man crashing down on you that fast. I think they said on commentary that it is the equivalent of being in a car crash at 75 miles per hour. Of course, that's going to be a, a match-ending move. So, uh, big shout-out to them for this match. We also got to see the Black Hand of Contra. This is something that has been uh, teased, something that has been talked about. We finally got at least a glimpse of who this man is. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I thought it was Braun Strowman um, when I first seen him. He had a mask on. He's a big-ass motherfucker. I don't know who it is, Um but I know I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what's going to happen here. And that's the beauty of professional wrestling. If you can get your fans to come back, get excited to come back and see something, then uh, you've won. You've got your viewers. you got your ratings, so to speak. Uh, this episode of MLW also was the announcement of the 2020 Opera Cup. Uh, we have a host Of wrestlers. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, I did not write them all down. But we have uh, TJP, ACH, uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., who won it last year, is coming back in this year, and a few other guys. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw my prediction out there ACH is winning the whole thing. That's just what I feel. Don't ask me why I feel that because I don't think I'll actually be able to tell you. But I want to see ACH get a win, I think he deserves it. So, there's that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is MLW Fusion. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on into our show and talk about SVW Southern Violence and Wrestling, The Evil Dead, coming out of, I believe it's Athens, Georgia. Um, so, this, like GIPW, this is one of those shows that I have a few friends on and they've been telling me to watch this show. Let me tell y'all how crazy I am, Okay. A show named Southern Violence and Wrestling had me shook when I saw violence. I don't know what I was expecting when I went into this show, but I wanted to go into it blind. Um, I didn't want to. It was recommended to me by Brandon Watley, who we'll talk about during this show, that I go back and watch a few episodes. And I watched one, but I... I didn't like really watch it because I was sleepy when I decided I was going to watch it. Um, so I kind of went into this uh, this thing blind when I watched The Evil Dead. Um, but I was also told that this was a great show to watch. It was raining and there was so much drama and things. So I was excited to watch it. I was excited to check it out. Now let me tell y'all, one of the notes that I have for this episode, even in the rain, the crowd showed up. This was an outdoor show, and even with it raining, it wasn't raining too hard, but it did get harder as the show progressed. And even with the rain, the crowd stayed. That's a sign that you have something great on your hands. That's a sign that you have a product that some people actually love and can really get into because... I know a lot of people would not stay at an outdoor event during the rain. I'm one of those people. I'm probably going to get up and go home. So the fact that this crowd is so loyal to uh, SVW and they stayed, it says a lot about SVW and a lot about what they've been doing um, with their product. I'm also going to give you guys a warning because the the reason I do this show is to uh, kind of spread the love everywhere maybe you guys will hear about a promotion that you've never seen and you know you want to go watch it so uh you know that that's why I talk about some of everything and so many different promotions try to choose a diff a few different promotions every single week so I'm going to give you guys a warning this show is not family friendly <laughs> it it's it's just not i well, let me not say that cuz there are kids that show up to the show. But if you let 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 me say this, if you don't want your kids seeing blood and hardcore matches and all that kind of stuff this is not the show for you i I, i'm i'm a little bit squeamish when it comes to hardcore stuff so it's almost not the kind of show that i need to be watching either but the show ended on such a high note that i am going to continue watching it just wanted to give you guys a little you know fair warning that uh this show is not rated e for everybody it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea Fair warning before y'all decide to take your asses over to Fight TV and watch it on my recommendation. Now, let's jump into this show. The first match is an SVW Heavyweight Championship match. Yes, we're kicking it off with the prize in SVW. The champion Axelrod taking on Nitrous Molotov, uh, who uh, apparently, I didn't know, are brothers. I don't know if that storyline, I don't know if that's gimmick or if that's the real deal. Either way, they said they're brothers, so I'm saying they're brothers. Um one of the notes that I have for this match is nitrous's uh willingness to use his body against Axel Rod is incredible. Throughout this match you see Nitrous doing some of everything. He headbutts and kicks and punches and and you know, just pushes. Like it it, it It was a different kind of vibe to see someone willing to just put their own body on the line for the sake of trying to win this prize. Trying to get one up on their brother. Trying to come out with the W. Commentary uh, part of it done by my homie scene Nick. Commentary did a great job of telling the story uh, of this match and ultimately throughout the night. um, they, They sold me really well on This match means something. This moment means something. You know, um, to, to every indie promotion out there, try to have video and try to have commentary. Those two things will up your show exponentially, I feel. This is just from my experience of being a camera person, from being a ring announcer, being ringside and things like that. I see nothing but benefit when it comes to having having video of your show and having commentary. So just throwing that out there to anybody. Uh, I think this is a great example of it. You know, what commentary and video add. Some serious value to this show, I believe. Um, I don't remember if I said it. Axelrod comes out as the winner. He retains the SVW Heavyweight Championship. Moving on now, the next match SVW Tag Team Championship match. We have the beautiful bald besties taking on the champions, the frat party. Uh, frat party actually retains in this match as well. This match kind of started off slow it was entertaining throughout from start to finish, but the actual match itself started off slow. Um, but by the end, they really picked it up and, and, and got, and got some fantastic stuff in. Um, overall, I do think that this match was more so, not just entertainment, but it was more for entertainment. I was thoroughly entertained as I watched this match. Um, (laughs) commentary. I believe it was uh, Vincent on commentary who said during this match, it just stuck out to me. I laughed as soon as I heard it. Ding dong. The dick is dead. I don't even remember the spot that he said it on, but I do distinctly remember him saying that it was Absolutely fucking hilarious to me. So, um, when you guys go and watch this show, make sure you tweet me at Mr. Jordan Terrell and let me know what the spot was. Um, because I found the spot to be fucking hilarious. But yeah, this match, like I said, overall entertaining. They found the rhythm about halfway through the match and, and pulled it out really strong to, I think, make it a contender for a match of the night. Um, But overall, very entertaining match. Like I said, Frat Party retains the SVW Tag Team Championships. Now, match number three, we move on. We have Ryan Murdoch, who is the SVW Hardcore Champion, defending his title against Chop Top in a Buried Alive match, the first ever Buried Alive match in SVW history. Now, if you look at this company as a whole, you would think, that they've had a Barely Live match before. They have not. This is the first one in SVW history, and it was a it was a great match. It was a big time brawl. And during this match, there was so much believable intensity and drama. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know the story but be- between these two or you know what what the deal is over the SVW Hardcore Championship, but I think that it was fantastic that I don't know the story and I could still feel the intensity in this match. Um, towards the end of the match, we get out to to to, to the burial site, and uh, we see an appearance from one Tyler Graves, who apparently no one was expecting. <laughs> it was sold very well him being there. He helps. Chop Top get the win over Ryan Murdoch. Uh, Ryan Murdoch is buried alive. Chop Top is your new SVW Hardcore Championship. This is one of those matches that I was talking about. It's not necessarily family friendly. Uh, if I had kids, I don't know if I want my kids to watch it. But maybe your kids are great with that. Listen, maybe you're a deathmatch family. I don't know. I don't know you alls life. Okay. If you are. A hardcore deathmatch match kind of fan this match would definitely be your cup of tea it was it was a good match. it really was um like I said, with the intensity and the drama the 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 moment and this was also around the time when I think the rain started giving getting even heavier, so you feel that vibe of once uh chop top wins, the whole crowd is there, and they're cheering' them on the whole time, so um. It almost, it, it almost felt a little bit cinematic to me uh, in that regard. Great match though. Now we're moving on to match number four. The number one contendership for the SVW Haas Fight Championship. Here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, two big motherfuckers doing big motherfucking shit. Y'all already know, this is my jam. This is what I love. This is Is what I get jiggy for, okay? We're talking about Austin Towers. My guy, Austin Towers, taking on Cyrus. One of the first notes that I have is just a straight up chant. Hoss fight. I love hoss fights. I love seeing two big motherfuckers do their shit. And honestly, Austin Towers versus Cyrus, two of the biggest men I've seen. So... This felt really great to me on commentary. Uh again, I believe it was Vincent. Commentary was really good during this whole show. Vincent only and Scene Nick, they tore it the fuck up. Scene Nick was funny as hell with his one-liners. Vincent only is he 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 Vincent only is a very good straight man. He's a very good play-by-play guy. Um, you know, you can hear him trying to be um what's the word? Trying to be... I can't think of the word. He doesn't go for either person. He just kind of calls the action. Um, Seeing Nick being a very classic heel manager. I love seeing Nick. Nick, if you hear this, I love you. Um, But commentary did a fantastic job bringing it on back. Vincent um, called this a six-man tag with only two men saying that each man was the equivalent of three smaller men. That should give you uh, a sense of just how big these men are and just the awesomeness of seeing these two men. You know, we talked about um, with MLW, Jacob Fatu versus Davy Boy Smith. This is this show's version of that. You know what I mean? Um, Cyrus pulled out a huge... Fall away slam on Austin Towers. For those who don't know who Austin Towers is, first of all, what the hell are you doing with your life? Figure out who Austin Towers is. But for those who do know, you know how big Austin is. Not even weight-wise, I'm talking about height. That man is like seven foot tall, for real, for real. I have to look up to Austin and I'm 6'2". So it can't be easy to just do a fallaway slam on him. You got to have a certain level of strength to be able to pick him up and believably do a fall away slam and have it look as clean as it looked. Cyrus versus Towers. I want to say this was my match of this show. It was really, really, really good. Um... Towers, I, I didn't write it down. I don't know why I didn't write it down. I believe Towers came out the winner of this match. So he is the new number one contender for the SVW Hoss Fight Championship. I know why I didn't write it down. But that ain't y'all's business. Um, either way, when y'all go watch the show, you're going to know who won the match. You're going to get into it just like I did. It's a fantastic match. This is an overall fantastic show. Now, we get to the main event. They actually had built up this main event all show with uh, Charlie Anarchy uh, coming out and saying some words in in the early part of the show. We have Fame taking on Team SVW, and they called it a six man warfare tag match. Really, it was a handicap warfare tag match. Uh, three men for Fame versus two men for SVW. Um, we had Brandon Watley. We had very Morales, I believe is how he says his name. And I did not catch the name of the, uh, third member who was on team fame, taking on Charlie Anarchy. And, um, a man that we seen earlier in the night, Tyler Graves representing team SW, uh, uh, SWF, SWV. Where am I at? SVW. um, one of the notes that i have is i really dig heel brandon watley i don't think i've ever seen brandon be a heel anywhere everywhere uh i've seen him he's been a face and he's very good at being a face but he's also very good at being a heel i don't know if it's cuz he naturally looks kind of mean or what but he you know i i like heel brandon watley and i think i'm going to keep watching svw for more than just that, but I I want to see more heel Brandon Watley. I, I would not mind seeing Hill Brandon Watley pop up in some more places. Um I ain't telling y'all how to run y'all promotion. I'm just saying, you know, I personally, Jordan McClain likes heel Brandon Watley. Um another note that I have in this match, Charlie Anarchy uh had an underdog story play out in this match because Tyler Graves got taken out by Brandon Watley. Um, pretty early during this match. So it was uh, Charlie Anarchy taking... It was really... It had become a three-on-one handicap match. And then the rest of fame came out. So it really became a three-on-one official, but then like a five or six-on-one with the numbers game. and uh, But I think that Charlie Anarchy played the underdog story beautifully. He He fought very valiantly. So we get to the end of the match. This this was the part that set it off for me that made me say I am watching SVW again. Okay, we get to the end of this match. Axelrod runs out. Remember Axelrod from the first match, the SVW heavyweight champion. Yes, that Axelrod. He runs out. You know the crowd's going crazy. Seemingly he's about to help Charlie Anarchy. You know Charlie Anarchy's been out there for a long time by himself. Who better to take on this this group? Uh, you know, this heel group than the heavyweight champion. You know what I mean? So Axelrod gets up there and Charlie Anarchy is going to make the hot tag. Eh, eh. Axelrod jumps down off the apron. I pop. I go crazy. I go insane. And I don't even really know why because this was my first time watching the show. But I I went crazy at it. You know what I'm saying? And then it all hell broke loose from there. Fame ends up uh, getting the win. One thing that I definitely wanted to speak on. Axel Rod did a pro did a post-match promo, a show closing promo. And I am going to tell y'all straight up and down, no chaser. So y'all know by now four this is four episodes in, three episodes in this is the fourth episode. Y'all know I say what the fuck I feel like saying. This particular promo from Axel Rod is one of the best promos I have ever heard in my life. It was one of the most believable promos that I have ever heard in my life. And you can tell that the crowd believed it too because the crowd was throwing trash at him as he was talking. I'm telling you, if you don't watch this show for any other reason, make sure you watch this show just so you can see Axel Rod's promo to close out this show. It was fantastic. I prompt when I tell you guys I'm going to reference this promo if someone asks me years from now, Jordan, what's one of the best promos that you've ever heard in in your tenure in wrestling or in your life as a wrestling fan? This promo, Axel Rod from Southern violence and wrestling presents the evil dead will go down as one of my favorite promos of all time. It was so believable. He, he, he stayed in gimmicks so perfectly, even with that bullshit that was happening, people throwing things at him. He, and the words he was saying were so believable. Oh, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, and it was a fantastic way to close the show. So once again, I'm telling you guys, Southern Violence and Wrestling presents The Evil Dead. You can find it right now on Fight TV. Watch the whole show. The whole show was good. You're going to be entertained during the whole show. But I promise you, this promo from Axel Ride will be the thing that you remember the most. From this show I'm pretty sure When I get through recording this This episode I'm going to go back and watch it It was so damn good I, I'm i getting goosebumps Just thinking about how good it was Um, But yeah that was Southern Violence and Wrestling Presents the Evil Dead Like I said you can find it on Fight TV Overall great show I'm going to tune in To the next few shows to make sure I like it Y'all should tune in to show them some support, show them some love, follow their social media. Make sure you watch Axel Rod's promo. So now we're gonna talk about a match that is very near and very dear to my heart. First, I'm gonna give y'all some backstory. So in February of 2019, Tevin and I, for those who don't know, Tevin is my best friend. Collectively, we were known as the Marking Out Boys. We were offered positions at a local wrestling company. That promotion was named EWA. At the time, it stood for Elkmont Wrestling Association. And although we were hesitant Because up to that point, Tevin and I had not worked for a promotion before. We were strictly independent. We had not really been a part of the business. I like to say we were business adjacent. So we were nervous to do it. But we decided to do it anyway. Why not? You know what I mean? So I was brought in to do a number of things actually but my primary positions were to run the social media which at the time was just Facebook and also to um, handle the video they wanted video of their product I believe it was earlier in this show it may have been another show I don't remember but I said I think all wrestling promotions need video, at the very least video and commentary. It's two of the easiest things that you can get to up your game. So, like I said, my my positions were social media, run the social media and handle video for the show. And I tested the waters a little bit, but they had a show On February 13th, 2019, entitled We Killed Cupid 4. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first show where I had kind of understood my setup and knew what I was going to do. This was the first show that I put together, as in filmed all the matches did all the graphics for the show. This, you know, edited every match. Operated the roaming cam. This was the first show, I believe, where I got to do all of that. And during that show, one of the matches was a triple threat tag team it may have been a ladder match. I don't know if it was a ladder match or a TLC. I don't know what what we classified it as. I think it might have just been a triple threat tag team ladder match. Between Team TKO, who consisted of uh, Big Sean and Mr. Locke, the Young Wolves, who at the time were uh, Poncho and Mikey Dunn, and... Excuse me, not Mikey Dunn, Michael Dunn. I just realized what I did there. And the Lost Souls who consisted of Chaos and Problem Child. Anyone who's listening to this and is familiar with the bar and familiar with that moment y'all know exactly, with that match y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. The match itself was great. It had a great build up to it. Um, and of course, who doesn't get hype about Ladder matches. But what was so special about this night. We had packed the barn out. If I'm not mistaken. This was. This might have been the first show. Where the barn was packed. To capacity. I'm talking about over a 100 people. And this was not a very big space. If you know the barn. You know what I'm talking about. This was not a very big space. And. You know, so so this night in particular was special to me. This was a lot of this showcased, a lot of this night in general showcased my hard work, you know, with running the social media, with putting out the graphics, with promoting a show. This was my first time really doing this thing. You know what I mean? So I had a lot to prove to myself. But this particular night, we were packed to capacity. There there was, if anybody else had come in at that point, it would have became standing room only. And so the match is happening, okay? It's a fantastic match. Everybody's getting their shit in. The crowd is super hot for it. And out of nowhere, all the lights go out. And if you go watch this match, it's available on YouTube. If you go watch this match, the timing of it was perfect. I think we had just come off a really big moment in the match, like one one of the turning points in the match. And the lights go out. Every light goes out. And to put it into perspective, Donna's barn was just off of a highway. <laughs> But it was ducked off. You know what I'm saying? So there weren't a lot of lights in this area as it was. It was pitch black. I'm standing ringside with with my phone doing roaming camera. See how easy it is? Promoters, just use your phone as a roaming cam. Either way, I digress. So I'm standing ringside. The lights go out. Everyone goes crazy. You know, like everyone's tripping out. And then the most beautiful thing I've ever seen to this day in wrestling happened. I look up and I see someone's flashlight turn on on their phone, right? And then one by one, you see nothing but flashlights turning on on people's phone. Do you know what it felt like? When you first watched WWE and Bray Wyatt debuted and the fans had caught on to use their flashlights as fireflies and how beautiful that looked, this was the exact same thing. One by one, everybody's flashlight started turning on. And remember, I said we had packed this joint out. There's over 100 people in this place. So that's probably about 100 people, not counting the kids. There's probably about a hundred flashlights on right now. And it was more than enough to illuminate the whole building. You can still see the match. I'm telling you, I, I, the match is available right now for you guys to go see. You can still see the match going on. And the next step behind that, it, it felt like everyone had this collective electricity Because of that moment, you know, the lights went out at a pretty perfect moment. It it, Honestly, the lights went out so perfectly that people were asking after the show if we planned that. I don't think we figured out till the next day that a transformer had actually got. I think somebody had gotten to a car wreck and a transformer had blown because of the car wreck. But the timing of it was so perfect that people thought for a day or two that we actually planned that moment. That the lights were supposed to go out then just to build up drama. And so this match is still, you know, this match is still going on. And in that moment, you know, everyone's got their phones out and all you hear is E.W.A. E.W.A. E-W-A. It went nuts in there. And the reason I wanted to talk about this moment, I know I'm not really like giving y'all a description of the match. In all honesty, I don't even remember who won that match. It was almost two years ago now. I don't remember who won. Um, But the reason that I, I'm talking about this match in particular is because of the feeling... That I got during that match. Even as the cameraman. like it, I almost forgot that I was working. I felt like a fan. And I felt. That was one of the few moments. That I've had in this business so far. And I've had a lot of moments. That was one of the few moments. That I've had in this business so far. That I will always. Look back at. And say that was one of the moments that defined my desire to be in this business for moments like that. To have everyone collectively think of the same thing, you know, it, because, because it could have been easy. It could have been easy for those guys to stop wrestling. It would have been so easy for them to just oh, all the lights are out? Well, we can't wrestle in no lights. That would have been so easy. And I think that a lot of people would have understood that in those moments. It would have been easy for fans to give up on the moment. To say, oh, well, the lights are out, man, fuck this, I'm going home, you know. Or it just, it would have been easy to give up it would have been easy to say that it wasn't worth it. And in that moment, if you know anything about EWA at the time, we were 100% a family. Tevin and I were the new brothers in this family, but 100% everybody from the workers to the fans, everyone knew each other, everyone loved each other. And so in that moment, for all of us to come together and collectively decide that we were going to do our small part in pushing this match forward and seeing it through to the end, seeing the show through to the end. This was the main event, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's a feeling that I, I I pray to God I never forget in this business, and I pray that I get more of those moments. In this business. Because I tell you man. It, it it was so amazing. To stand there and watch that happen. And to know that everyone cared enough about our little project here in Elkmont. To stick it out and to see it through. And to create I think one of the best moments In indie wrestling history. I'm so glad I caught it on tape. Because I would argue with anybody. That that moment was one of the best moments. In independent wrestling history. I don't even think I can say any more about it. I I really. I want y'all to go experience that match for yourself. I share it every now and then on my Facebook. And the reason I'm talking about it. Here um, on the show is because Mr. Locke, uh, I know him as Andy, but Mr. Locke actually recently shared it a couple of days ago as well. And I, I talk about it because I want I want everyone to know that we're in this business. I feel we are in this business to create those moments. That one, totally unscripted. Could not have scripted that moment. But we're in the business of creating moments and creating memories. So for everybody out there, you you know, the performers, the promoters. For everybody out there, you know, who just likes to uh, run a certain style or operate a certain way. I would ask you to remember that we are in this business for the memories, not just for us, most importantly, for the fans, because I can tell you as a fan and I have people who still mention that moment to me, fans who still mention that moment to me. It was totally unforgettable. It's a moment I don't think if we were if you were in the barn that night, I don't think you'll ever forget. Those moments, you'll I don't think you'll ever forget that second when those lights went out and all those lights started coming up, I don't think anybody will ever forget that. So. Yeah, if you're in the business, man, think about that, create moments Create moments that kids will remember 20 years from now. Create moments that'll be talked about two, three, four years from now. Because I know as long as I know those guys, we're going to talk about that moment. That's a story that we are going to hold so near and dear to our hearts. Focus on creating the moment, focus on creating the memory. And I think if you, if you do that, if you focus on the moment, if you focus on the memory, if you focus on giving, giving the people something to talk about, you can easily put yourselves heads and tails above anybody else. All you got to do is that. That's all I got to say. I want y'all to go watch this match for yourselves and experience this moment for yourself. That that's all that I that's all I got to say. I can't even get technical. That's all I gotta say. So I'm not even gonna get into the why. Some of y'all already know, some of you don't know. I don't know if you care or not. So I'm not even gonna bring it up as to why the podcast is late. But what I can tell you is that this week we are discussing New South, The Saga Continues. If you want to watch this awesome, awesome show, absolutely awesome show from top to bottom, this show is available on IWTV Video On Demand. That's New South, The Saga Continues, obviously, from 2020. Before we get off into this awesome show, uh, let's get some housekeeping done. Okay, first of all, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram at the Jordan Terrell. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Jordan Terrell. Second of all, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's on all major streaming platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and just about anything else that you can possibly think of. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the portion of the show where I like to showcase and give give the spotlight, give some shine to a worthy, independent wrestler. Somebody that I think has what it takes to be on that next level and really show up and show out. Somebody that I think is uh, worthy of the segment's name, The Brass Ring. So this week I've chosen someone who... Uh, not unlike a few other people, I followed from the very beginning. I remember tuning into the WWA4 YouTube channel and seeing this man in his very beginnings. I, I remember seeing him grow and blossom into this Charismatic Really sort of independent Type of person Um, From day one You could see his charisma And I think that His athleticism Caught up to his charisma And he is now One of The I think most Skilled independent wrestlers To come out of the state of Georgia I'm talking about Owen Knight. Now, a lot of people still may not know who Owen Knight is, but Owen Knight came up with a crop of people out of the WWE four that I think all of them have the potential to be on the main stage. You know, there there's certain. In comparison, there's certain draft classes in other sports that you look at and say that whole class from top to bottom, you know, or there's like 10 guys out of that class who are now legends. If you, I mean, look at LeBron James, you know, draft class. You got LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Camarillo, Anthony, Chris Paul. You got all these guys who some of them are still playing. Some of them are not playing, but They are all, and I think we can all collectively agree, certified legends. They're all going to be in the Hall of Fame because they all changed the game at some point. This draft class that I'm talking about, that Owen Knight was a part of, I feel like that's them. And if I were to make the sports comparison, I would say I would compare Owen to Carmelo Anthony. And... I would do that because he may not be the biggest name to come out of that class. But he certainly works just as hard, if not as if not harder than the biggest names in that class. His work ethic is crazy. I always see all night working and he don't you know, he he don't do a lot of the things that his peers do. So you kind of just have to pay attention. But that man is always working. That man's always doing something. And. Out of a lot of people in this business today. I think that Owen Knight is probably the most focused or at least again from what I can see. He's probably the most focused out of everyone. He doesn't do all the flashiness. He doesn't do all the, you know, the the promotion that a lot of other people do. But. He buckles down and he does what needs to be done. I feel like. Um, even looking at his early matches. You could see that. He was focused on being great. He was focused on. Getting himself to the next levels that he needed to get himself to And. From what I understand now, he's the exact same way. That's never shaken. He's always focused on on bettering himself, on being better, on getting to that next level. And I commend that because I've seen a lot of guys who get to a certain level. I know some of them personally who get to a certain level and stall out because they're afraid To take that next step. They're afraid to really get to the next level. I don't see that with Owen. I don't see that at all. I see somebody who. Understands the level that he is at. And is focused on being better. So that when he does get to the next level. He'll be ready. I think Owen's ready. I do. I think that. You know, we've seen a lot of guys in the Atlanta area. We've seen a lot of guys in uh, specifically come out of WWE4 who have began debuting on AEW Dark. We've seen a lot of guys uh get showcased on WWE. While I'm on that, big shout out to Leon Ruff. He's another one of those WWE4 kids, man, who who they work hard. They bust their ass, man. They they really, truly do. I think that they are some of the hardest working people in the wrestling business today. If they were trained at WWA4 in the last 15 years, they are easily one of the most hard... They, they will be one of the most hardest working people wrestlers that you can have on your card, Owen falls perfectly into that category. And that's why I think that Owen Knight has what it takes. To be on that next level. To show up and showcase himself. And not only showcase himself. But showcase his opponent. He does a great job of putting other people over. Regardless of the moment that he's in. Whether he's the heel or face. Owen does a great job of putting his opponent. And their shit over. Again. An art that not very many people have. And an art that not very many people can be taught. How to do. Owen has a natural athleticism and a natural awareness about being in the ring and being in the business as a whole that I think when it's all said and done, again, I'll compare him to Carmelo. He may not be the biggest name to come out of WWE Four, but I would say if you don't put some respect on his name and understand that that dude outworks almost everybody, you don't understand what wrestling is. You just don't get it. Owen night is that damn good. I'm ready to see him in more places. I'm ready to see him on bigger stages consistently. Um, I'm ready for the working team captain to show his ass on y'all. And show y'all that he is worthy to be in the talk Of one of the best indie wrestlers Going today That's all I got for you kids Four episodes down Thank you guys so much For showing all the love and appreciation And respect that you have towards me This really is Listen this podcast is My love letter To the business I love this business I respect everyone in this business Who puts their body on the line For our entertainment I respect everyone who does not necessarily put their body on the line, but is even a part of the business. Everyone from, you know, not just the wrestlers, but managers, referees, ring announcers, ticket takers, photographers, cameramen, you know, videographers, the people who work the concession, the people who work the merch table. I I have such a respect because I've done a lot of those things. I know what it's like to be in those things and I hope to continue to do uh those things and be in those positions. I'm I I I made this podcast to showcase my love and to see that it comes through the way that it does. I could not ask for a better reception. Thank you guys so very much. Um as always hey subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening to it. Spotify Stitcher Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much wherever you can get your podcast, my podcast is there. All you got to do is hashtag type in, tune in, the Jordan Terrell Podcast Network. That's all you got to type in, and you will find this podcast along with the future projects that I'm working on. Make sure you're following me on social media. I'm on Instagram at the Jordan Terrell, and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Jordan Terrell. Give me feedback. You know what I'm saying? Tell me what you like, what you didn't like. I would greatly appreciate it. My name is Jordan McLean. This has been the following podcast is scheduled for one fall.